Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the Sign Off, a framework podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride. Get into it. Coming up... A Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we talk about UFC 264. Yes, we're talking about UFC 264. If you're looking for part two of the football episode, get out. There's lots of time for football. If you're looking for us to talk about the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, get out of here. What are you doing? Conor McGregor is fighting Dustin Poirier, and we need to talk about it. To all those people that are leaving immediately, getting their jackets, there is no refunds. Thank you for your downloads. We appreciate it, and we will see you next week. Okay, now that we've got all the true fans in here, the true losers, let's lose some money on UFC 264. Recap? No, there's no recap. You gotta go too. There's no recap. Speaking of those picks, we are gonna be picking every fight from the main event, but we have fights that we like from the prelims. We have fights that we like from the before prelims. Before, before. There are three cards that are happening that night, and to get all our picks, you need to go to at losingmoneywab on Twitter, on Instagram, where we can recap. Recap! Oh, hey, there you go. See, I'm glad you didn't leave. Our picks from this show and some more picks that we weren't able to make because we only have 20 minutes. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. UFC 264, the trilogy will be completed. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Let's get to the least interesting fight first. And that almost has never been talked about in the same breath as Sugar Sean O'Malley. And to be honest, it's not really his fault. There was a fight lined up. It fell apart, so they were looking for a competitor, and six days ago, we found out Chris Martino was going to be taking his spot. At plus 600, he is obviously a huge underdog against Sean O'Malley at a minus 763. If you think these numbers are weird, by the way, as of recording, these are the best numbers I could find. So what are the best odds for Sean O'Malley? Minus 763. What are the best odds for Chris Martino? Plus 600. It just sounds so weird. Minus 763. That's not just, that's not a real number. Nice round number, like 750. You're like, ah, I know what that number is. That's good. 763, what the hell? It's like a computer spit it out, which it did. (laughs) Sean O'Malley is an enigma. He comes out with, you know, clown braided hair, rainbow hair. You know, he's got tattoos that look like it was in the back alley. He is truly almost more than these like gargantuan heavyweight fighters. He's the guy that you run into a back alley and you're like, oh shit, that guy's gonna stab me. And you know how somehow the answer is a little worse. He doesn't have to stab you. He's, He's a world, he's one of the world's best strikers. He will knock you out so many different ways. The UFC loves Sean O'Malley. They love Sean O'Malley. Any other fighter, six days notice, they're like, we're canceling that fight. That's that's okay. We'll see you next. We'll see you next card. Don't worry. Just stay in shape. An important part of UFC 264 was having Sean O'Malley on there. It's been long enough. They wanted to have him back on there. And, you know, to be honest, as much as people could hate him, you know, he's literally a Harmony Corrine character come to life. He's literally an extra from Spring Breakers. He both, both in look and in attitude. I understand why people don't like him, but you know what you can't do? You can't refute the talent. The guy is crazy, crazy talented. He puts on an entertaining fight. How about this for a stat? Four of his last five fights have been performance of the night. Four of his last five fights have been the performance they've honored among the 20 fights that were on that night. That's insane. He has just, 
He has a flair for the dramatic, whether it's the one-punch knockout and the walkaway, or claiming he broke... <laughs> Or claiming he didn't lose because he broke his ankle, which, you know, whatever. He currently stands at 13-1 because of that one broken ankle against Marlon Vera. With 10 stoppages, including 9 knockouts, and some of them are just true highlights. He is a gigantic bantamweight. He's 5'11". He has a 72-inch reach advantage, and he's extremely creative, you know? He throws 6.31 significant strikes per minute and only takes 3.28. And the, the, the shots are a variety of shots. That's what makes him so incredibly long. Usually when a fighter is long like he is for his division, he's a bantamweight, 72-inch reaches, that's pretty long. Usually long fighters are looping. They're hoping to get create that distance and find something. And it's a little bit lower of a percentage. But instead, Sean O'Malley hits at an insane percentage rate. He is accurate, which makes it even worse because his legs keep you at distance and his punches find their way through. He is dangerous all around. And as much as he <laughs> he is kind of a sideshow sometimes, it's nice to have him back. So God help you, Chris Matino, because I it's his first UFC fight. There's not a whole lot out there, but I when I was reading I was reading a scouting report to go, who is this guy? What does he do? I was thinking about something very specific that the guys at Odd Sharks wrote. Here it is exactly. At times he gets into the pocket trying to get into war, but lacks a lot of head movement, leaving him vulnerable for eating big shots. And I wrote under there, uh-oh. <laughs> to to not have head movement and to eat big shots. The last guy you should be facing in this division is Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, we have to take at minus 763, and unfortunately, there's just not money to be made in that. So I would use him in parlays. Here's Here is one of your cornerstones of a parlay that you're going to use, and you're going to throw three or four people in there, or you're going to have three or four different parlays, and Sean O'Malley is going to be in every single one of them. The only way that we're going to be betting, betting on this fight that we think will make money is minus 210 for a knockout. Sean O'Malley is going to try and knock him out. He's going to try and get that bonus money. And at minus 210, that's an easy enough to swallow. If you're new to this podcast, when we talk about sprinkles, we always talk about like method of victory one. So a sprinkle is like a half unit bet. If you say, I bet on $10 for every fight, maybe a $5 bet on method of victory because usually the percentages and the, you know, the numbers are a lot higher. This one minus 210, screw sprinkles. Let's make this a full unit bet. Second fight of the card we want to talk about, Irene Aldana, minus 115 versus Yana Kunitskaya, plus 115. Two really, really talented fighters that are really kind of finding their way into gatekeeping each other into the title contention. So Aldana's coming in, lost, losing consecutive fights only once in her career, and that came four years ago. She is 12 and 6, nine stoppages, six knockouts, three submissions. Ooh, that's a little bit of varied. I like that a lot. She's only secured two takedowns in her nine fight career. So this is going to be a reoccurring trend you're going to see on this card. Not a lot of heavy takedown people, but a stat that I find very interesting about Aldana, she throws out 5.52 significant strikes per minute. Okay, that's a lot. That's pretty good. But she absorbs 5.97. I, I, okay, I'm not a doctor. But absorbing more shots than you're giving, that, that can't be good for you. Yes, it only takes one strike to end a fight. But when you are eating more than you're taking, come on. So like we're saying, she lost her last fight to Holly Holm in a unanimous decision, but was on a two-fight winning streak previous to that. She's going against Yana Kuniskaya, someone that we really like. Her debut in the UFC, it was a tough one. It was against Chris Cyborg at featherweight. But since then, she's moved to bantamweight and has gone 4-1. and one. She is now 14-5 and five since then. And eight of those wins are by stoppages, seven by not stoppages. Why are you bringing that up, Andrew? I'm bringing it up because it's important for later. She is more of a grappler. She's more of a grappler and more well-rounded in general than Aldana. She has 1.68 downs per 15 minutes. Her approach is more on the feet, though. She averages 4.22 significant strikes per minute, so less than Aldana, but she only absorbs 2.62 at the same time. So her defense is better. Her head movement's better. She's not putting herself in bad positions, putting herself in the corner. Plus, on top of that, recently, she's just like a bat out of hell. She had landed 90 significant strikes in her last two fights while only absorbing 13. What the good God? I think part of that is that she can keep people at distance because of her strong kicking. 
you know, calf kicks have never been more popular. Calf kicks, we're going to talk about over and over and over again with Dustin Poirier, and that's been one of the big, big reoccurring trends coming up because of this. Dustin Poirier throws legs kicks. Conor McGregor said something really, really dumb this week where he's like, coming into my last fight, I didn't see the calf kicks, calf kicks coming. I thought that was kind of a new thing. And it just showed that like maybe Conor wasn't paying a lot of attention to MMA in general recently because calf kicks have become all the rage. That's how you take down strikers. You take away their leg power. You take away their stance. You take away their planting. Kuniskaya has got that. She's got really good legs, really good kicks at a distance that helps her not absorb as many strikes. She's on a two-fight winning streak, and we think it's going to be three. We're going to take Yana Kunitskaya at plus 115, and we're going to take her via decision at plus 160. Both pretty low numbers, but both plus numbers. Let's feel pretty good about that. Up next, we are going to see two big guys throw meat hooks at each other. We have Ty Tuivasa at minus 127, another hilarious number, versus Greg Hardy at plus 116. Tuivasa, okay, minus 127. He comes in this fight scoring 11-3 record with 10 of those wins by knockout. And let me just tell you, if you have not, if you're listening to this early and you have not seen this, you know, the what they look like and some of these fighters, oh, these people are new to me. This is really good. I've heard of Greg Hardy. I've never heard of Tuivasa. Okay, 11 of his wins, 10 of them come by knockout. You think, wow, that guy can really throw. He is in the school of Derek Lewis bodybuilding. Do you, do you have that mental picture there all of a sudden? You're like, oh, okay. So he's got really good shoulders and traps, some kind of big arms. And then that's about it. He's like, in what my mind, 80s tough guys look like. A guy coming out of a bar that's kind of like overweight, but they're like, wouldn't want to mess with that guy. And boy, you don't want to mess with Tuivasa. By the way, nickname, Bam Bam. I am, I am the nickname judge, and I give that an approval. This is Gladiator. My thumb goes up, not down. So he throws everything, and everything he throws has power. His snap jab has power. He's got a huge overhand right, and he's got incredibly powerful legs. One of the nicest things coming into the heavyweight uh, division these days is that they are more well-rounded like the other divisions. They fight like the other divisions just happen to be bigger. Used to be that you're like, yeah, a lot of straights, a lot of overhand rights. You get some takedown and some submission guys, but now we're starting to see the calf kicks come in. You're starting to see a lot more agility, some head kicks coming out of them. It's just a lot more exciting. The only issue with the striking is he only has a 75-inch reach advantage. That's not very big, either for his size or for the division. Also, on top of that, he's here to swing. Don't look for him to go for a takedown. He has not secured one in his first eight UFC fights, so not going to happen. He's on a two-fight win streak. He beat huge, large, tall punching bag Stefan Struve and Harry Hansucker. Guess how they ended? Knockout. And he's fighting Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Oh my goodness. If you don't know who Greg Hardy is, he's a former NFL pro defensive end and current scumbag. There's always something with Greg Hardy. Not only is he a terrible human being, which yes, and like once I get into sports and start splitting straws about like who who is good and who's bad, Greg Hardy is special kind of bad. And I swear to God, they keep him around, not in the Jake Paul way, but like of a little bit of like, I hope that guy gets his ass kicked. <laughs> and you know what? If you've tuned in for that, you've been disappointed because every time he's gotten to the cage, he's gotten better. And that sucks because I want to see him get his jaw cracked in. But there is always something. Remember the, the, the illegal knee? Remember there was the puffer in the corner? There's always something with him. And that's why it's so frustrating that he's getting better. Like we're talking about with uh, Tuivasa, he added some leg kicks to his repertoire, along to go with that really long jab and an incredibly, incredibly powerful right hand. It's like he is still a football player by complete size. He actually had to lose weight to get into the UFC. He's six foot five. He has to cut down to 265, and he has an 80 inch reach advantage. And when you talk about that versus Tuivasa, that's a big difference. So he's coming off a very rare loss in Marcin Tibura via knockout, his only loss by knockout in his career. But I don't think it's enough for us to do this. I think I think the UFC wants to keep Greg Hardy employed. 
and I just can see him winning. He's plus money. Let's go with Greg Hardy. Let's plug our nose. Let's, let's, you know, this is how I understand people get into like, you know, weapons trades and stuff like that or oil or like, I don't know, jacking up the price of medicine or something like that. You don't feel good about it, but it'll help you make money. So you kind of do it. That's Greg Hardy to us. We're going to take Greg Hardy at plus 115 via decision at plus 310. I think these guys are going to gas each other out. And the maybe second half of this fight, the round and a half might be a little boring. Let's go with decision at plus 310. Let's make some money this time. In the second last fight of the night, we have Gilbert Burns at a plus 150. Ooh, a nice round number versus Stephen Thompson at minus 157. Oh, okay. Also, nickname judge, Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy. Stephen Thompson's 38 goddamn years old. Wonder Man? That also sounds kind of dumb. Wait. Okay, let's workshop this. Gilbert Burns, I think, is getting, uh, you know, a, a bad memory here. He lost to Kamaru Usman. But guess what? So is everyone right these days. Kamaru Usman is a top pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. He's in the top three, top five, somewhere in there. Burns was on a six-fight winning streak right before that. He's now 19-4. and four. Pretty good record still. And his wins are finishes here. Six knockouts, eight submissions. The guy is so talented on the ground. He's so talented for submissions. He therefore doesn't have to play any takedown defense at all because people do not want to take him down. They're scared of what will happen. So he's able to stand up pretty straight and be able to swing. So now you're thinking, well, he's, his strength is on the on the ground, so his hands must suck. Yeah, maybe he does. he's not the most accurate. Maybe he doesn't have the most technique, but he's got power behind them. And he finds home, even against Usman. He had Usman dazed for half a second there, where he went, oh, 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 oh. Ultimately didn't come of it, but there was an opportunity there. And also, Kamar Usman's one of the best people in the world, so like it's a little it's a little hard to compare, but that power can be there. Only issue with that is he does, he does have a very aggressive style because of this. He's not afraid to get taken out, so he just moves forward, moves forward, moves forward. And in that way, sometimes a gas tank becomes a little bit of an issue. His last three fights are really interesting. Yes, he did lose to Usman by knockout, but his two fights before that were wins against Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley. Now that we know what we know of Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley, do we look back at his wins and losses and go, ooh, I don't know about this. Maybe that's not as impressive as we once thought. Let's get to Stephen Thompson. Minus 157. Still hate that number. Stephen Thompson was once, like, going to be the golden boy that was going to win the division. In the last couple of years, he's just had, like, a really rough stretch. He went 1-3-1, and one, but previous to that had a seven-fight win streak. What makes Thompson kind of special is his karate style. It's very unlike a lot of other things. There's not a lot of karate fighters still in the UFC. He has almost no interest in, in a grappling fight. In his 16 UFC fights, he's only had six takedowns, and he hasn't landed one since 2015. I'm not too worried about that. Plus, he's got really good takedown defense. He stuffs 78% of attempts against him. What makes him different than uh, Gilbert Burns is that he is a technical striker. His footwork is incredible, and his conditioning is unbelievable. In his last two fights combined, he, is, he has landed 309 significant strikes while only absorbing 162. That is a huge difference. He can knock people out. He's got, he's got great jab, powerful straights, and he's knocked people out by kicking. So there, there is a little bit of everything when it comes to him. He's on two-fight win streak currently. Let's go with Steven Thompson. Let's think he's going to snap back a little bit. Minus 157, and we're going to take him via decision at plus 170. Okay, enough. Enough time. We wasted enough time. Let's get to it. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor at time of recording is plus 115. He is the underdog going against Poirier, who is currently at a minus 125. He is looking to avoid his first ever losing streak and return to win for the first time in 19 months, which was against Donald Cerrone. So how much of a win is that? Not very much. Before I get into like my actual focus here, let's just let's just give you a little reminder of where he's at. He has struggled since he left featherweight. He's 3-3 three and three at the higher weight class, including a 1-2 and two at lightweight. However, his record is still really pristine, 22-5, and five, with 19 of his wins being a knockout. 
Each of his losses have been a stoppage, including one knockout defeat. In 27 fights, he has only gone to the judges twice, winning both against Holloway and Diaz. I don't need to tell you, he's a great striker, especially with his left hand. That little left hook that he throws, incredible. And he's got really good takedown defense as well, stuffing 67% of them. You know, we talked about last time, but a big issue is going to be the leg kicks. Those really put a bad beating on him last time. Plus, the other one has got to be, what's the issue? Conditioning. He has so much money. He has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. As much as he still is that guy that had $5 in his pocket, you know, not two decades ago, you can't tell me that doesn't change somebody. His last three fights where he lost to Habib, he beat Donald Cerrone, and he lost to Dustin Poirier. An important note that I just don't think enough people are talking about, his last significant win was against Eddie Alvarez, November 12th, 2016. That's five years ago. Conor McGregor has an outstanding image in all of our heads of how great he is, and he is great, don't get me wrong. But when was he great? And when's the last time we've seen him be great? The problem with Conor McGregor in general is that he always can have that opportunity where you go, well, it just takes one punch. All it takes is one punch. Because we saw that punch in Dustin Poirier's fight. We saw that punch where he knocked him and, you know, put him, his knees got a little wonky there. And if he had the conditioning to jump on him, that fight would have been over and McGregor would have won. But that's not what happened. On the other side, we have Dustin Poirier at minus 125. Obviously, he won last time. At lightweight, he is 11-2 with one no contest since moving up to featherweight. His overall record, 27-6, 20 stoppages. Great, great, great numbers. Where's McGregor you can point to? Here's his pros, and you can point to, you know, obviously, great left hand, great footwork. Dustin Poirier is one of those ones, what's his skill? Um, I think his skill is that he doesn't have a weakness. He can kind of do everything. He could, he could be known to take you down. He could be known to grapple you. He could get you against the fence. His striking, almost at every level, is pretty good. And I think the biggest thing that it was is that he's, his leg kicks are really, really good. And we're going to have to see if Connor can check them. But if Connor's checking leg kicks, he's not planting off those feet to throw with power. It's going to be a real, real conundrum for him to decide when he can plant and whether that leg kick is going to come in and crack him against the shin. The only issue with those leg kicks is you just got to hope he doesn't just put it in neutral and go leg kick, leg kick, leg kick. Because if he blindly throws a leg kick, his jaw is going to get broken. He'll be waking up with the bright lights. Where are we going to go in this fight? What are we going to do? I th- <laughs> we made a Conor McGregor rule for this exact same thing. So when, when Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor fought for the first time, the gambler was on and we made a Conor McGregor rule where you, <laughs> you blindly bet for Conor McGregor because you could go, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it's Conor McGregor. You, t- you throw out all the numbers, you throw it all, you just look at hype and you just remember all the fond stuff in your head. You look back with rose-colored glasses and you go, oh... Conor McGregor, look how talented that guy is. How could I not be betting for him? Even though everything inside your stomach, your brain are going, what are you doing? What are you doing? He hasn't fought in so long. He hasn't looked good recently. I'm going to try and learn. We are going to try and break the Conor McGregor rule. We're going to go with Dustin Poirier, minus 125. And here's the real, real shocker. I think we're going to look at via decision at plus 575. If you're listening to me right now and you're thinking, I'm going to jump on this. Let's do this. Dustin Poirier. I bet you this number might go down a little bit. Conor McGregor is one of the most popular athletes in the world, and people will rush on Saturday night. Right around 5 o'clock, we'll go, wait, Conor McGregor's fighting tonight? Oh my God, I'm going to bet my $100. This is the only bet I make every year. It's this in the Super Bowl, or this in the World Cup. It's something else big. And they're going to go, I'm going to bet on Conor McGregor, and that number is going to swing. I don't think you'll go Conor McGregor will be the favorite again, but I can bet you can get close to even money. So if you don't like minus 125, my recommendation, wait. Just wait. You could get a better number later. I think so. Don't hold me to it. 
The name is losing money with Andrew Baskin for a reason. But that's where we're going. Poye, minus 125. Decision, plus 575. The decision is truly the gamble here, but man, we'll see. The best part about this fight is that whatever you tell me, and you can tell me anything, at Losing Money WAB, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you're going to go, I think it's Conor Conor McGregor, first round knockout. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's going to be Dustin Poirier via submission. Second round, just smothers him. Yeah, I could see that. There is no outcome in this fight that I can't see, and that's what makes it so interesting. That's one of those ones where get your beer ready, go to the bathroom, everyone sit down and shut the hell up. We are going to be watching this for 30 straight minutes, and it's going to be so entertaining. That's what makes this sport great sometimes. you it Genuinely, anything could happen. And I'm so excited for it. And we hope you have so much fun losing money on UFC 264. Thank you so much for listening. Can you please rate, review, subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to this on. If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or on Instagram. Or click the link. It's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was done by Alex Monid. And we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers Mike Yarenworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening. UFC 264, this should be a fun one. We hope you have fun losing money on it. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!